1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Cool. Mackie and Judd hanging out here at the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B as part of our annual 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show extravaganza I don't know what you would call it we like to just come here every year yeah uh, whether it was with 1500 ESPN back in the day when we used to do like four hours of radio or uh, now at score north with purple daily and Mackie and Judd and uh, we have a boatload of bonus feedback I guess we're calling this a purple daily town hall and by the way if people are passing through uh, either today if you're listening on demand um, you're probably not going to get this in time for Friday, but we're also going to be out here on Saturday at 2 o'clock as well. Tickets are 12 bucks. You get a bunch of free golf. There's all sorts of great vendors here. If you are just itching after 18 inches of snow to be surrounded by golf and, uh, and uh, people who love golf, Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B for the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Tickets and more information online at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Each ticket purchase includes 14 free rounds of golf, courtesy of TwinCitiesGolf.com, valued at nearly $500 and a coupon for $20 off at the PGA Tour Superstore uh, tomorrow, Saturday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., Sunday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. All right, let's get into some of the the questions from the masses. People have Vikings questions, and they want answers answers from us.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: Luke K. says, hey, Mackie. I mocked a 2023 Vikings schedule for you guys to pick for your next schedule prediction. Wow. Highlights include playing the Super Bowl participants in back to back weeks, so we know who the Vikings play. Luke has put together an actual schedule. Yes, I threatened to do this. The order of opponents with game times. So, I love uh, four primetime games, including Christmas Day. And kicking off the season in Detroit with Kenny Albert on the call.
1: Kenny Albert. Kenny Albert. Welcome to a Week One matchup between the Lions and the Vikings. Taking a break break from his uh, <laughs> hockey duties,
0: uh, they flew me in via helicopter from Madison Square Garden. Who else is feeling throaty today? I'm Kenny Albert. All right, we're gonna let's pick the schedule. Let's just do this here. All right, let's hear it. So uh, the first game is at Detroit. It's a noon Detroit game, a Kirk Cousins Super Bowl. All right. I think he's like 10-2 and two or something against the Lions at noon with ridiculous stats.
1: Who do the Lions play on Thanksgiving Day this year? Because I'm, try- uh, I'm trying to think if this might be a Vikings-Lions so are, are you asking about last year or hypothetically this, this year? No, this past 2022. I could ask so Luke who he hypothetically year, has a because you know I was yeah, thinking that it. they might play a Thanksgiving Day game in Detroit. Now they did play Oh, are you are you dis- disputing Patriots. Luke's hypothetical yeah. Viking yeah. schedule? I'm not going to just sit here and <laughs> listen to Luke dictate the terms of a Viking schedule. Wow.
0: Uh so they it's played not my job. they played the Buffalo Oh that's right. They played the Bills and they and Dan Campbell butchered right. the clock at the end of that so
1: game. So it could be an <laughs> NFC matchup at Ford Field. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I I guess we could check with Luke K. Luke, did you do schedules for every team in the NFL? Do you have a Lions Thanksgiving opponent?
1: I highly doubt Luke did that.
0: Or did you just do the Vikings? I'd love to see. it. Does someone just – is there someone yes. on planet Earth that yes. mocks
1: every schedule? No question. There is somebody in a basement somewhere – who probably has been in darkness retreats his entire or her entire life, much like Aaron Rodgers was, who just does nothing but mocks schedule.
0: If nothing else, maybe Luke K. or somebody else can just mock the Kenny Albert hypothetical schedule.
1: Oh, yes, we're back in well, Detroit here for the it's like five te- week. It's like five teams. <laughs> Vikings, Bears,
0: Lions. Does he ever get a Packers game? I don't think they give him the Packers game I don't too think high
1: ordinarily. Now, he might in the near
0: future. Maybe like a Panthers game or something. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, um, so I'm gonna keep track here. Phil Judd wins and losses. All right. Week one at Detroit, noon.
1: Oh boy,
0: yeah, that's a loss. Really? Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's a loss. I, I agree. I think they kind. Of, I think they come out and get punched in the mouth a little bit. Detroit's gonna be ready to rock. I, fe- I actually agree with you. on this I
1: feel one. like the tide is gonna turn a little bit, so you can't be as optimistic as. As it was ultimately last year.
0: Week two, he's got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to U.S. Bank Stadium, a noon game on a Sunday. That's a win. The Buccaneers may...
1: They're going to be awful.
0: They currently... The Vikings have the third worst cap situation. The Buccaneers have the second worst cap situation. And no Tom Brady. It's time for a rebuild And Todd
1: Bowles is going to be in his last year as head coach. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're going to be terrible. Okay,
0: week three, Luke K
1: hypothetically has... Vikings at
0: Broncos 305 Central Time Sunday September 24th
1: Interesting Russell I lo- Wilson I love this Sean, Sean Payton. Payton Broncos I think the Broncos are going to bounce back You know what I'm going to say that's a loss a narrow loss but I'm going to say that's a loss I think I agree on that. I think the Broncos really bounce back.
0: They're going to come out hot. Did you see the report that Russell Wilson, the Athletic, had a big juicy Russell Wilson report? Yes. That he went to Seahawks ownership like a year ago, tried to get both Schneider and Carroll fired, and then they traded him. He wanted Sean Payton to replace Pete Carroll. Yeah. And now he gets his wish.
1: I buy that story completely, by the way. And Russell
0: came out today and tweeted like, I'm looking forward. The best things are. So he basically confirmed it, right? He's like. Ah, we're not here to talk about the past. I'd try to get everyone fired. i completely buy it. Um, okay, week four, hypothetically, Vikings at Panthers noon game. Win.
1: But it's a tough one. Oh Again,
0: boy. it's a tough one. I agree. This is, the Panthers are going to be scrappy. They're yes. going to be, I think, fairly well coached. I'm going to say it's a win as well, but not, not an easy game by any means.
1: The question there is who's going to be their quarterback.
0: Yeah, that could, I mean, mean, they could draft, they could trade up. They're they're definitely in contention to trade up for, like, a C.J. Stroud or something. Mm -hmm. Could also see, you know, there's some Derek Carr rumors. Derek Carr has, I think, been linked to Panthers, Saints, and now Jets. He had some sort of a meeting with the Jets. Yep. All right, week five is a Monday night game, home against the Kansas City Chiefs, hypothetically.
1: Oh, I love the schedule so far, by the way. This is some great work. Uh, Loss. I'm not going to.
0: I think this is a Brian Flores special here. I think the Chiefs are going to be a little hungover. Yep. Brian, there's some uh, there's some tape out there of the Dolphin Brian Flores Dolphins defenses flustering Patrick Mahomes. Yep. So I'm going to say this is a a Brian Flores masterpiece. Okay. With a mostly revamped defense, you have it as a loss. I actually have it as a win, and people are going to be fired up.
1: Oh God, yeah.
0: And then the next week on a short week. It's a national TV window game, a Greg Olson game, at Philadelphia, hypothetically,
1: week six. You know what? I'm going to say that's a win, because if you recall 2017 NFC Championship game, a complete disaster, early in 18, one of Kirk's best wins as a Viking came in Philadelphia. And and speaking of teams that, that are going to be, I think, lagging a little bit from just a great season and playoff success Philadelphia to me I think is very much in that boat
0: I'm going to say it's a loss I hear you the Eagles you know there's there's a lot of teams that go to the Super Bowl they get close and then historically they just don't have a good season the next year but Philadelphia seems very well set up to just still be formidable I don't know that they're getting back to the Super Bowl but uh, on a short week on the road national TV I'm going to say it's a loss Okay, uh, Luke K's hypothetical schedule. Week 7, home against the Bears. Back to a noon home game here.
1: That's a win. The Bears will be better, but again, I don't think they're going to be that good.
0: These are tricky games. The Vikings struggle against Bears and Lions lately, but I agree. It's probably a win. Okay, wow, look at this. At Bengals. (laughs) This schedule is ridiculous. Uh, At Bengals. Sunday night football, week eight.
1: The schedule is, I mean, this is well done. If you get a Monday night game against the
0: Chiefs, I don't think, I I feel like where Luke K is a little off here, uh, well, he's going to be a lot off because this will not be the exact schedule. Yeah. I don't think this Vikings team gets four primetime games.
1: Justin Jefferson? But Uh, four primetime games. You know what? I could see it. I'm team Luke here. I'm team Luke. Okay. Bengals at Bengals loss.
0: Yeah, this is not. I agree. That's a loss there. So, Joe Burrow. All right, we're eight games in here. Now we get a bye week. The week nine bye, hypothetically, Luke Ooh, K's schedule.
1: That's a decent bye.
0: It's pretty ideal. Bye is
1: important. Don't.
0: It's a, basically don't it's bye. November. The first week in November is yeah. a bye week. So. Like a little
1: later, but that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Got to get into November.
0: I also uh, just for our purposes, it's a good little three day weekend sort of uh, time period. The fall is crisp in the Midwest, yep. and it's a good time to.
1: Yep. To De- go drink
0: some ciders. and Dex will uh,
1: take a ton of time off.
0: Yep. <laughs> About three weeks. Yeah.
1: And, and he'll tell you, like, the week of the bye.
0: <laughs> I love how Judd just resents that Declan takes time off because Judd hasn't taken a vacation since pre-COVID. Well, Don
1: keeps asking, when are you going to take Pre-COVID. time off? I said, I go down to my room, sit in front of the, of the computer, and do the show.
0: What's Quit the time- shaming people for having lives. Okay. What's the
1: time off that I need? Well, I guarantee if I need to go to something, I will tell you.
0: <laughs> All right. Week 10 here. We're fresh off a of buy. Just in time to host potentially Jordan Love and the Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium noon. Either way, it's a win for me. I don't care who the Vikings are winning this game.
1: That's a super interesting one. But, yeah, yeah, I'll say it's a win because I'm probably going to go split depending on when they play in Green Bay. So, yeah, it's a win. Okay. All
0: right. Now we get a short week Thursday home game, San Francisco 49ers.
1: You know what? Given their current status at quarterback, it's a win. But well,
0: I guess we haven't talked about like, but what I will the say rosters this. are like if here. Kirk,
1: if Kirk is playing for San Francisco, <laughs> it's also a win. I to
0: say, is this going to be uh, the Vikings starting either Nick Mullins or Anthony I've, Richardson against the Kirk Cousins 49ers?
1: I've tried just for the sake of not driving people crazy to talk about this much this week, but the Brock Purdy surgery being put on hold and that's going sideways really quickly, yeah. it leads to some very interesting discussions.
0: Yeah. I think we should unleash some of that next week. We might even get some with the combine. Sunday night is when everyone out. congregates. Yeah. So you're saying, what were you saying, a win or a loss against San Francisco? I'm
1: going to say it's a win for the Vikings.
0: I think it's a loss. I think San Francisco just, they just they just punch you in the mouth, and the Vikings tend to be bad against those types of teams. So All right. How, it's a loss for me.
1: Can you go through the records? What yeah.
0: records we're at? You have them at 6-4, and four, Okay. Homer, and I have them at 5-5 five and five so far. Okay. Yeah. And then they get sort of a, a bonus bye week here, so they get the 10 days to prepare for a road game at the Falcons. Again,
1: hypothetically, noon, week 12. Falcons? Yeah. That's a win. Sorry, I'm really off the rails here as far as my purple-colored glasses. No, it's okay. I might be at the, the wrong station. The order station. of the schedule matters. It definitely matters.
0: Um, I think it's a win as well. I might be at the wrong place right now. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're hiring either, so... <laughs> And we're and haven't for 25 (laughs) years. So, I think you're okay.
1: Get a board up, John.
0: Um, (laughs) Okay, home against the Lions. Hypothetically, by the way, my favorite part about this for Luke K. Look at how formatted this is. This I know know we're only audio here for the podcast audience. He literally like formatted bold. He's got everything lined up. You could like you could easily just put this on a team website, and it's. Very clear and cut. You're right. I appreciate the craftsmanship He did a great job.
1: It looks Mm -hmm. completely official.
0: Okay, at Detroit, uh, this sounds like another Kenny Albert game here, week 13.
1: Wait, at Detroit or at home? I'm sorry, home home against Detroit. Home against Detroit. Okay, they're going to have to, you know what? At this point in time, I've got to just start to try and even things (laughs) out a little bit because (laughs) nature does take its course throughout, ordinarily, I should say. So I'm going to give this a loss.
0: I had them losing the first time. I think they're going to split against Detroit, so I've got it as a win. You have it as a loss.
1: Yeah, but I gave them Philadelphia, so like somewhere along the lines, this all, yeah. at least probably in 2023, unlike 22, is going to even out a bit.
0: And then they go the next week, another noon game on a Sunday at the Chicago Bears. Oh, god Hypothetically.
1: Um, win. Man. I need to know a little bit more about the Bears' construction <sighs> Which will start to take place.
0: I think their roster is going to be, they're going to make about five splash free agent signings. Yeah. They're probably going to make a trade for an established receiver or something. Um, Fields is going to be a year better. I think, I think the Vikings are going to slip in this one, so i got it as a loss. Okay. At the Raiders, week 15, hypothetically. That team feels like a mess.
1: It does win. It's
0: a win for me, too.
1: Yeah, I can't get that. I can't make that a loss. I just don't know how to.
0: Home against Justin Herbert and the Chargers Loss. on Christmas. Lost. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a, that would be a Christmas, a Monday Christmas game. So they so the NFL must be doing that then. I, I'm, I'm just trusting Luke K's yeah. uh, schedule making here that That's they accurate. might run some games on Christmas Eve and then some games on Christmas Day. I think
1: the Christmas Day slate now is three games, right? Okay. Because they they now compete. What if Christmas with is on a Wednesday though? Like I think
0: they only do it when
1: Christmas would... is. I would if I'm O'Connell. I if I do get a Christmas uh, Day game, I want to be on the road because I want my players away from their families. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want them sitting at home and then playing when I, and when my opponent is in its hotel room, focused on one thing, football. Yeah.
0: So you have it as a loss. I actually feel like there's something weird about the Chargers under Brandon Staley that there's just some underachieving weird feeling that I have again about them. So I'm going to say it's a win. Okay, New Year's Eve, home against the Saints, hypothetically, noon.
1: That's a win. I don't think the Saints are good still. And I'm, don't, I'm not a big uh, believer in their coach. All right,
0: it's a win for me too. Uh, and then that means road game at Green Bay to finish the season on January 7th.
1: Thanks, Bernie. You're an owner.
0: Our head of sales uh, is, a, is, a, Packer, is a Packers owner. you're an owner. Yeah. He gets to go get bagels at Lambeau yeah. Field once a year. and He
1: owns a piece of paper. A fresh
0: which, laminated certificate every five which years. Which
1: he paid good cash for. <laughs> um, this is a loss. Because I, I think they'll split with Green <clears> Bay.
0: Okay. So you've got them losing there. Um, I also, what did I, say? did I say? I said they were going to win at home against Green Bay. This kind of feels like, I don't know, man. Part of me, okay, here's part of my logic here. I have them at 10 and 6 right now. I kind of feel like they're a 9 or a 10 win team with the schedule. Yeah. But I also don't know that they're going to lose to the Packers this year, so I'm only saying loss because I think 10-7 and 7 feels more right so than 11 So you're like and I am.
1: You're trying, to, you're trying yeah. to distribute losses accurately.
0: So that means we both have them at 10-7. and 7. All right? Yep. Um, I think you had them at 8-9. and 9. Last time we did the schedule prediction, when we just picked the games without a schedule. Right,
1: which is a huge so difference. The
0: order of the schedule has you yes. two games optimistic yes. compared to last time. Absolutely,
1: okay. Good job, though. That's a great schedule, Luke K. That's well done by Luke K. Coming in hot,
0: Luke. If you want to send us other teams' hypothetical schedules, we could maybe do some Bengals daily. (laughs) Give us the Falcons hypothetical schedule, and we'll do a full episode on it. (laughs) Uh, Nick Reed, we'll keep going through your uh, your bonus feedback here. Little Purple Daily Town Hall at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Bye, Chris. See you, Chris. Ron. Enjoy your weekend. All right, uh, Chris Ron, by the way, down 24 pounds, thanks to Livia. That's L-I-V-E-A, Livia.
1: It's a lifestyle choice, but it's the right one. And it's been an outstanding one, and he does look fantastic. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com.
0: Probably should have also shouted out our friends at TCL. Um, Even though this is audio only, you can still actually listen to – I listen to podcasts via, like, the Spotify app on my TCL smart TV. TCL now an official partner of the NFL – No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. All right. Uh, Nick Reed chimes in here via the Score North app. He says, I'm watching episode one of The Voyage on Vikings.com. So as I was, this must have been two or three nights ago when the storm was coming in. And I was flipping around the different local news stations trying to find just, like, an updated weather report. And I caught the end of Fox 9, and it bled into The Voyage, episode one here. I thought that that – it was, like, stuff from training camp. I thought all this stuff had come out. I don't know. They do some stuff on YouTube. But uh, this must be something they're just releasing. And it was Kevin O'Connell talking about how uh, only one person didn't vote Kirk as a captain. Okay. And it was Kirk. Humble Kirk. So The Voyage is out. Uh, vikings.com and nick says i find it interesting that right away koc is talking about how impressed he is with the leaders on the team both as players and people he talks specifically about kirk dalvin cook adam thielen brian o'neill eric kendricks harrison smith patrick peterson cj ham of those eight players koc named five of them may be gone Seems like a hard decision to make and a difficult justification after praising them all so profusely last year to just say goodbye to at least half of them. Hard conversations to come. Nick Reed says he hopes. Um, What are your thoughts on just like, I guess this is all cyclical in the NFL. Yes, there's a good chance of those eight players. Good chance Cook is gone. Thielen's kind of 50-50. might just take a pay cut. CJ Ham's probably gone. Yep. Patrick Peterson probably not going to play man press coverage under Brian Flores. Probably gone. Uh, Eric Kendricks probably gone. But here's the thing: about seven years ago, Eric Kendricks once emerged out of the shadow of Chad Greenway and became a leader. Adam Thielen once emerged as an undrafted Division two guy, right? Like C.J. Ham, nobody talked about as no one knew who he was, and then he becomes a leader, like five. New leaders will emerge if you open up spots and allow them to. So I guess I'm not as worried about losing leaders on the team. Alex Madison could become a leader if Dalvin Cook goes away.
1: Keep, it, keep in mind, the old uh, coaching cliche that, uh, that KOC likes to use on a routine basis is that each game has its own story. Um so if that's your philosophy on Did each you just game, have Rosk? Is he buying a beer for you? He's going to go Shaga drinks. Um <laughs> so if if the if you're thinking like if your thought process in life and by the way I totally buy this. So if your thought process in life is that each game has its own story, each interception, each pass, right? Imagine how you feel about a season. So like Kevin O'Connell could very well get up to a podium and say those guys were instrumental. They helped set the culture. There's nothing about those guys that were like, they're bad now. But as far as the progress of a franchise and players, yeah. it has to change. So, like, I don't think that this is, or I should say it this way. I don't think it should be that tough. I don't think, you know, in football, but all, in all sports, turnovers is essential, right? So it doesn't denigrate the guys that you just went through as far as what they brought. but. Yeah. But can you just stick with, with them in perpetuity or for multiple years? Probably not. But that doesn't mean that they didn't serve an important purpose in a 13-win team that turned a key corner. Yeah.
0: So, so if, if five of these eight guys are gone, who's most likely to step up? Where if you look back five years Ooh. from now, six <sighs> years from now, you say, okay, yep. that guy wasn't considered a team leader necessarily, Roscoe. but Thank he you. is now. Oh, wow. I got oh, that for look you. at this—the McShanks
1: here. The McShanks. Yeah. Here. Oh, the okay. McShank. I okay. figured th- that you might enjoy that. Oh, oh look! Nice, Bernie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Score North. Did you just
0: pull that out of your pants, sir? where did that come from? <laughs> He's got a McShanks stashed uh, score North, stashed Where is in where his jeans. Is that, a, is that a McShanks, or are you just happy to see <laughs> me, sir?
1: Where we score <laughs> drinks during podcasts at the Golf Show. Um,
0: yeah, you're, so you look back five, six, seven years. From now, you're, in, uh, you're magically in 2030, and you say, boy, that guy that wasn't really considered a leader, like Adam Thielen in 2015, who on the team right now do you think could fit that description? Oh. I mean, Brian Osamoa. we keep talking about, like, yeah, okay. We've kind of crowned Brian Osamoa, but he's well, going to get a shot to be a starting linebacker,
1: so I guess Uh First counts. of all, I, I think that there is, in five years, I think there's a very good, good chance uh, that both of your tackles have emerged as, as v- vital voices, um o- O'Neal is trending there if not there already as a younger player, right?
0: Yeah. Well, Justin Jefferson should probably Oh yeah, be
1: for lead. sure. Um I got to imagine that defensively that that one or two of these cornerbacks is going to step up. Like there's just Lewis Scene in yeah, theory could There's just so many possibilities here because you're right. Like it's not as if the group that O'Connell is talking about was um was this like shrinking Violet group of, and then they just came up. It's a gradual process. So I'm completely comfortable with the fact that the Vikings can make hard choices. And this, Phil, comes back to what we've discussed a lot, too, which is when these guys are let go, they'll be brought back. You know, um, Thielen, Kendricks, I don't think that they have their jersey numbers retired, but they're Ring of Honor guys, right? Yeah. So, like, it doesn't, I mean, this is just the way football works. How
0: many of these guys do you think are, are Ring of Honor guys? Adam, Th- I've sort of of Thielen, Thielen. Thielen, I don't think Dalvin is. I, I would know.
1: agree. I think Kendricks is. Kendricks probably. I think Kendricks. Harrison is. Smith is. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Him and Joey Browner are the two best safeties in franchise history, right? Yep, yep. Um, well, Paul Krause, I guess, would be on that mountain. But Marshall. I'm trying to
1: think of like who. I would say that there is at least a couple two to three for sure that are ring of honor guys. Nobody gets their Jersey retired. How about that? Yeah, that's fair.
0: This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard show app, wherever you get your podcasts or visit Tom It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Um, Let's see here. Daniel Hicks chimes in and says, this is via the Score North app, now that the darkness retreat is over, what what decision would you like Aaron Rodgers to make? As a 40-year-old that's never known the Packers without a Hall of Fame quarterback, I'd really love to watch him go to the Jets and witness the New York media eat him alive. (laughs) But would his staying for two more years in Green Bay be better for the Vikings long-term if it continues to spoil the Jordan Love contract? All right, so what would you, I guess, what would you like to see him do from a Vikings perspective? And then what would you like to see him do just from an interesting perspective?
1: From a Vikings perspective, I'd like to see him leave right now because the Love thing is still a bit of an experiment. Yeah. And I am ready for the Packers not to have a, a, what turned into the transition from Brett to Aaron, a sure thing. So I would like to see this end just to see for my own satisfaction where it goes as far as Rodgers goes I don't know man you know what I have grown really really weary of his act Mm -hmm. like it would be the Packers have too. interested it would be interesting to see him with the Jets or something like that but I also wouldn't mind seeing him walk away like I'm I am tired I, I just don't think the stories about him to me personally are that intriguing I always found Favre because he was just such a weird but like well, in a Favre, very different Favre was way. more relatable like Favre, yeah.
0: you know Favre, well I think farv now farv's kind of been uh, he's gone off the deep end with like this but
1: as a player <laughs> this
0: you know siphoning money off his charity and be careful and don't stuff. get
1: sued he's suing people now yeah he's suing Pat McAfee right yep, yep. he's suing <laughs> he's suing McAfee and what is he suing them for defamation
0: but it's been widely like there are I, lo- there's lawsuits against him, right? I, or there's yes, a I don't
1: know. It makes no sense. Super weird. But I'm more tired of Rodgers th- than I ever was afar of Favre, and I was somewhat tired of Brett. I would like to see Rodgers go away.
0: So he's not going to go away nope. Uh, because nope. There's still some guarantees left on this contract. Yep. Um let me see here. So I'm just pulling this thing up. So 2023 He's due $60 million in cash yeah. in 2023. The cap it's not that bad. It's only like a $31 million cap hit. So he's not walking away from $59 million in cash in 2023. I think he also has a partially guaranteed 2024 season when he's 41. You know, if he stays with the Packers, there's enough continuity with the coach, the Packers aren't going to train wreck with him. Like, this year was about as bad as they're going to train wreck, and they still almost made the playoffs. They finished with, like, eight or nine wins or whatever it was. So I actually think from a Vikings perspective, you want to see him walk away and just hand the keys to a non-Hall of Fame quarterback, because I don't think the Packers are just going to – oh, Jordan Love is just the third straight Hall of Fame quarterback that they have. From an interesting perspective – We've already kind of seen Packers quarterback go struggle with the Jets. We saw that 15 years ago. I think the Raiders. I think in Vegas. I think reuniting with Devontae Adams, uh, yeah. and then and then having to be in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Sean Payton, Russell Wilson could be could be fascinating. But if you're the Vikings, I know I know people have said, oh, he's, he's washed up and he wasn't as good last year and they missed the playoffs, but. He still has some gas in the tank, so I think I'd rather him just go away from a from a Vikings perspective.
1: And it's more than that. It's just I want to see the Packers just get slapped in the face a little bit with yeah. with this is how we've been feeling for quite some time.
0: Yeah, why can't they enter, like, a 10-year period where Jordan Love doesn't work out, and then they whiff on another first-rounder. And they
1: can now. Yeah. Like, and, I think you're right about that. And then
0: they bring in, like, Nick Mullins to start for a year or something. Yeah. You know, they, my God, it's been, they had a couple weird bad seasons with Brett Favre. They had the one bad transition year from Favre to Rodgers where they missed the playoffs. Yeah, they went, uh, I just pulled it up here. So there was a couple Rodgers injury years at the end of the McCarthy. Um, They had a 4-12 with Favre in 2015. Otherwise, they've been in 2005. Yep, Yep, yep. The last time they were just dreadful for a stretch, though, was the nineteen, like the early nineties or into the eighties. Eighties, they went they went four and twelve in ninety one, six and ten in nineteen ninety. Yep, uh, four and twelve in nineteen eighty eight. They just,
1: oh well, God, go back to after Lombardi left. They were in the seventies. Yeah. In the seventies, the Packers were a dumpster fire. So Bart Starr was the coach for like ten years, huh? NGM, and it was a disaster. Interesting.
0: Uh, let's keep it rolling It was here. a lot of
1: fun, actually, Phil. It but was a lot of fun. Right, Bernie? <laughs> <Before
0: I die. laughs> all right, Lashawn Jordan chimes in via the YouTube comment section here. Um, I believe that Brian Asamoah was the best player that the Vikings drafted in 2022. Okay. Ed Ingram was all right. In my opinion, it's hard to evaluate the 2022 <laughs> draft class. Lewis Seen and a Caleb Evans got hurt. We yep. definitely don't know what kind of players they're going to be. We don't know. I'm going to keep banging this drum here. I'm not anti-Asamoah. I'm just pump the brakes on Asamoah. Mm-hmm. Because the, Kendricks and Hicks were so bad and so slow, and just they're just not like – the, the league has gone in such a different direction with speed um, because Brian Asamoah is fast and looks a little bit more like a safety than a linebacker. We're like, yes, that's the – yep. And if I had to bet, I would say he's a quality starting player. Yep. But, boy, that's a, that's a big hypothetical at this point to be, to be banking on, oh, he's just going to be the answer to veterans leaving.
1: I know? think the entire coaching staff, one of their biggest demerits was their work with the entire draft class, and here's why. So Nick Muse, the seventh-round tight end, was signed to a futures contract. He was released and then signed. Yeah. Beyond that, Phil, nine of the ten picks are still here. So nobody's gone, okay? How do you, how do you put all of your eggs in the Ingram basket and develop nobody else? Yeah. So you might be right, but I'm going to pump the brakes on the, on the development. I think it was awful. I think it was absolutely awful. And, you know, this is a young head coach. This should not be the Zim, you can't play until a couple of years in, right? I mean, rookies contribute. Look at Kansas City. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to call it an organizational fault because I think to just sit up here and blame Kwesi, well, it's a terrible draft class. Well, I went back and looked, and again, all 10 guys are still there, so clearly it wasn't the the fifth-round pick stinks, the sixth-round pick. So I just I want to see more development, and and again, at the top of the draft – I'm sorry, but when I show up for the first day of training camp and your first-round safety has been relegated to a second- or third-team role, okay, that might be on him too, but it's on you as well to develop him. And before he got hurt, before Seen got hurt in week four, he had played three defensive snaps. Yeah. So are you telling me it's that big a whiff already? So yeah, I, mean, I think it's a bigger issue about what they also didn't do.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, the injuries were a huge factor. I, I, I get it, but... Um, This actually uh, gels well with this. We got this email from uh, the Score North app here a couple hours ago from Eric, Eric Size. Uh, He says NFL.com released a power rankings of the 2022 draft class, like each team's draft class. The sad thing isn't just that the Vikings were ranked dead last, but that I immediately knew to just scroll down to the bottom to find them. And then you compare that to what the Chiefs had with their draft class, and they had, like, seven guys contribute in the playoffs that were rookies. Yep. They were actually one of the most rookie-heavy teams in terms of productivity. So what would the Viking season have looked like? I mean, hell, they won 13 games without rookies contributing, really, at all. Ed Ingram was the only guy that actually contributed to the offense or the defense, and he probably brought the offense down. You could have you replaced Ed Ingram with... <laughs> I mean, quite literally any just like random veteran guard off the street, right? If they would have put Chris Reed in there for all seven, I get why they didn't. Because they think Ed Ingram has a big upside and they were trying to tap into it. And you saw it a few times. Right. Um, But you could make a case that not only was their draft class irrelevant to the cause in 2022, it actively shipwrecked them offensively in about half the games.
1: But what concerns me about your point is this. You had other guys from the same draft class that could have at least played some. But you insisted that your veterans had to play. And that that's what concerns me a little bit about are they going to be able to cut ties? Now, I think it shouldn't be hard, personally, right? Yeah. But, you know, before he got hurt, for instance, Ty Chandler could not get on the field. Alexander Madison could barely get on the field. Dalvin has to play. Okay, does he really have to play that much? So, like, there were a lot – there were things that they did from a game day uh, standpoint – with snaps that I didn't agree with and completely don't get. Because mm-hmm. if nothing else, I want to develop guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe uh, maybe Brian Flores has a better vision for – you've said this for a couple weeks now since the Flores thing, you know, became a thing that it just feels like Quacey's vision for those players fits Flores's vision for how to run a defense more than Donatel. So we shall see. All right, Danny S. chimes in here via the Score North app. Hey, guys, love the show. I was thinking about this the other night. Figured I'd pose this question to you guys. Would you rather, A, trade Cousins this offseason, get him to waive his no trade, okay. and collect draft capital to make a big move and move up next year in the draft, so you'd, you'd gain capital? I guess, I mean, the thing is, I guess if you traded him now, you'd, you'd get 2023 capital. But he's referring to, like, the 2020... Get 2024 capital. All right. Or, B draft one of the top five quarterbacks this year, have him sit behind Cousins, and write out the last year of Cousins' contract. Personally, i do everything in my power to collect draft capital for next year. I'm all in on Caleb Williams, uh, a couple other guys. This year's crap of quarterbacks is good, but I'd be really hesitant about drafting one of the quarterbacks after Young and Stroud, especially Richardson. His accuracy scares me, and I worry about mobile quarterbacks getting hurt, etc. Um... Which one of those would you rather draft? Like, I guess the main question is, would you rather draft a quarterback to sit behind Cousins? Right. Or would you rather leverage Cousins for draft capital to have a better shot at a better quarterback?
1: If I could do A, I probably would take that. One, just to be clear, I don't think that the Vikings would. But if you just gave me the scenarios like you did, I would probably take A. I I would trade him to get capital back. Now, the question is how much could you potentially get back uh, to put myself in a position to take one. Um, but I don't see the Vikings thinking about that. Do you? No,
0: I, I'd love to know what the conversations are. <clears throat> Excuse me. After one year with Kirk cousins, I think there's, there's a lot of great things. I'm sure they, they just love the professionalism. They love the fact that he's reliable. they, you know, we've made this reference. Like the Cardinals have to worry about whether their highly paid starting quarterback is playing too many video games, right. enough to where they put a clause in his contract, and then after all the hubbub, they took it out. The Vikings don't have to worry about that with Cousins. They don't have to worry about him getting, you know, banged up on a run and missing a month like Lamar Jackson down the stretch. Right. So there's a lot of good things that they that they would probably rave about. But I want to know what do, what do they think about that fourth and eight checkdown? Like, is that the type of thing that, is that the blue screen of death thing that you just can't get over long-term? And that would Um, be
1: O'Connell. Yeah.
0: So I do think he is the quarterback in 2023. I presented an alternative to an extension. I I think he's going to want some sort of assurance that he's the guy beyond 2023. Um, I don't know that the Vikings give that to him. But here's the problem as long as he is your quarterback at least in his current competitive state like if if he gets old and falls off the cliff this team could go five and 12 but if he is the same version of Kirk that we've seen the last couple years even with a tough schedule you're not going five and 12 you're not going four and 13 you're you're not going to be in a position to draft Caleb Williams I guess is what I'm saying right and you don't have the draft capital to trade up necessarily to get Caleb Williams so that's the conundrum. As long as you have cousins, you're not going to be that bad. You might go to the playoffs. You might win a playoff game. It's great. You're not going to win a Super Bowl, I don't think. So when do you get off the roller coaster? And how do you find, oh, and, and how do you find the replacement if you're never bad enough? You're going to have to get lucky, right? Or, or lucky enough to where a guy falls that you like, the third quarterback off the board, fourth quarterback, the Anthony Richardson falls to 9 and you trade up 15 spots to get him or something like it's a weird cycle that they're in they're competitive they win some games but they're not going to draft third overall you
1: know is there any scenario so let's say that they they make the right moves but they also see themselves as remaining extremely competitive is there any scenario that you could see that the 2023 Vikings are the 2022 Eagles
0: um, you mean, well, no, because what do you mean? Like in the future?
1: No, no. I mean that this Vikings team with the right moves, new DC, oh. get younger players. Like it doesn't I have, don't
0: think they can, I don't think in, in one off season, I don't think they can like turn the roster around enough.
1: I agree with you. I'm I'm just asking that. Like as they think about these things and it's clearly an organization and ownership group that thinks it can win. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very rare, I think, that the Wolves have been like, well, that's it. Um, Because, I mean, that's sort of how you would have to see yourself in the most Pollyanna way possible. And I guess I'm asking, I I agree with what you just said, but I'm just trying to go through the permeations of what the discussions might be.
0: What's funny is the 2022 Eagles are the antithesis of the 2022 Vikings. Yes. Both of those teams fought each other, not really a fight. The Eagles bludgeoned the Vikings (laughs) five years ago in the NFC Championship game went on to win the Super Bowl. So the Eagles were better than the Vikings five years ago. And they had this weird conundrum of, oh, man, okay, we just won the Super Bowl, but now we're bringing Carson Wentz back. He's a good, not great quarterback. I think Cousins is better than Wentz. But Wentz was highly paid, not, not elite. And rather than banging their head against the wall, and it wasn't like Wentz's fault that they didn't win big in the years after that. In fact, they had a couple nine-win seasons with Wentz. You know, he, he was fine. But they said, okay, there's other reasons why this isn't working. It's not just you, Carson. Right. But until we, until we get off this roller coaster, it becomes hard to fix all the other issues. So they decided, let's just get out the. Not only let's get off the Carson Wentz roller coaster and get rid of some other veterans. Let's actually get rid of the coach too, and move on in, in that way. Uh, right. And the Vikings, the, the Vikings got rid of their coach from that game too. So they did take that step. But the Eagles, I guess, had the the balls, if you want. To say, you know what, we made a mistake here. We we just uh, we're paying too much money. We we the roster can't be made the way that we want it to. Yeah. And um and even before they made that decision, they still drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round.
1: That's what I was going to say. I think what you're I think I think not the flaw. It's not the right word. I think the curveball in what you just said with the scenario is this: Howie Roseman, the GM, I think took the quarterback right yeah and so he wanted off Wentz and it sounds like in retrospect now Doug Peterson didn't necessarily so it got to be a bit of a point of contention between them and the and Roseman said okay I'll fire the coach and bring in a coach yeah so that's where you you know Quasi I don't think is ever going to be on his own page with things I think he and KOC are always going to work hand in hand and you know with Carson Wentz Until he got hurt against the Rams, I think, at the Coliseum and tore his ACL. He looked like a special player. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of a line. That became a very clear line in his career where he changed after that. I don't know if it was mobility or what. But anyway, you know, the thing with Kirk is Kirk doesn't have that. There's no clear line in Kirk's career. And so I think the thing about Kirk is it's always a tease. And now he just won 13 games and had a ton of comebacks. And so you're like, well, I can work with that, right? And this gets back. To what we've talked about, which is, does the three-yard pass on fourth and eight make somebody say, "All right, the tease has been fun, but I can't, I can't continue down this path yep. forever."
0: Yep. All right, let's uh, let's keep rolling here. Uh, Mackie and Judd, Purple Daily, little town hall Q and A, taking your questions. By the way, if you guys want to hang out with us on Saturday, if you want to actually show up to the Minnesota Golf Show, the Choice Make Minnesota Golf Show, we will be here on Saturday at 2 o'clock as well. If you want to come and sling some questions, if you want to compete against Judd in a random Viking of the week, you are welcome to. MinnesotaGolfShow.com to find out more information. Uh, Steve G says, via YouTube here, is uh, is Mackey obligated Mackie. to mention Richardson Anthony Richardson on every show? Did he see film no one else did? More likely, he pans out like a Jamarcus Russell than a Josh Allen or a Jalen Hurts. Let me defend myself. I'm not, st- am I like, I'm not stumping for Richardson. I'm not like...
1: I mean, you've mentioned him, but...
0: I, I'm floating names... Because he might fall. Yeah, I'm floating names of quarterbacks that are first-round quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't know whether the Vikings... So my opinion on Richardson, and uh, one, of my, one of my good friends actually went to Florida and has told me, you do not want the Vikings to draft Richardson. He's not accurate. He makes tons of dumb throws and turnovers. Okay, I'm not that low on him. I think some of the things that and smarter people than me would say that some of the things that he's bad at in college can be ironed out with a smart coaching staff. But the reason Richardson intrigues me is because there's like a 15 to 25 percent chance that he becomes this ridiculous star quarterback mm-hmm. if you can fix some of these flaws. So. I'm not interested in the safe quarterback pick. I'm interested in tapping it, if, even if it's a gamble, tapping into the 15 to 25 to 30% chance that you could land a franchise changing star. So, again, I would trust Kevin O'Connell and Quasey's judgment on whether they would actually make a move to trade up for him. Um, but his name comes up in addition to some of the other, he's the most likely first round quarterback. To fall into your range. Right. And that's why his name comes up. Not because we're, like, actively stumping for him on the show. Yeah. Just to be clear.
1: Because those first three names are probably gone in the top seven, right?
0: Yep. And Richardson probably is, too, in the top nine. So, uh, let's see here. Oh, my gosh. There's some good ones here. We should save some of these for tomorrow, too. Let's. uh, There's a Jefferson trade one here that I feel like warrants further discussion tomorrow. I might save this one for
1: tomorrow. This is becoming... It's not going to happen, but it's becoming a pretty hot topic. Like, I'm seeing it more and well, more. Well, we
0: just talked to our guy, uh, Scott Korzanowski, yeah. former weekend host on 1500 ESPN.
1: Worked on the desk with me at the Star Tribune okay, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah.
0: big Corzo fans here. And uh, he said, if you can get three first-round picks for Justin Jefferson. Well, let me ask you that. We'll get more into this tomorrow because there is a specific question. Here, but <laughs> yes. If someone called you and said, hey, before the ink dries on that contract you're about to offer J.J., we will give you our next three first-round picks. What do you say? And let's say it's, it's not an elite team. It's like, well, it's hard to determine what teams are going to be in the next three. Let's just say three first-round picks.
1: Right, right. I hear you. Um, weighing all factors, okay? So not just a knee-jerk reaction. Weighing all factors, I say no. Wow. I say wow. no. Wow. Now, I don't think you'd get three. I think you'd probably be offered two tops. I think I agree. Because he's the, what a receiver. Ty-
0: Tyreek Hill's older, by the way. So I think.
1: Yeah. But I think you'd be offered potentially two. But can I really trade my best player and that special player right now? With, by the way, two years left on his rookie yeah. contract.
0: Fans would freak. I don't think I can do freak, yeah. Rightfully and so. And i got
1: to be aware of that.
0: Fans would bail.
1: i got to yeah. be aware of the public perception. I would far rather put up with a Cousins move that upsets the Crusaders <laughs> Than trading (laughs) Justin Jefferson and pounding a podium and saying we got two first rounders from the Titans, you almost
0: have to just do the contract and see what happens. And then if you, you know, if you thought a couple years in, hey, we're just not in a position, you could then trade him like year two of the contract if you needed to. They traded
1: Moss, so it can be done. Yeah, I just I'm and that was a
0: terrible trade too. Think about that. They traded Moss in his prime and got a first round pick and like. Was it Napoleon Hill?
1: Napoleon Harris. No,
0: Napoleon Hill is the author. Napoleon
1: Harris. Napoleon Harris. <laughs> the linebacker, the Troy Williamson, seventh overall pick. Um, and, and they also got like a seventh round pick. It was, yeah, it was a disastrous trade. The only the only thing was Moss was not good in Oakland. Yeah. So it didn't come off as bad until he went to the Patriots.
0: Here was the Tyree Kill trade. And Tyree Kill, mind you, I think he's like 28 or 29. Mm-hmm. He's definitely older. He is. So uh, the the Chiefs traded six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins for five draft picks, a 2022 first, second, and fourth, plus fourth and sixth round picks in the 23 draft. Yeah, on Wednesday. This is written obviously a year ago. So you would you'd probably get like two first round picks for yeah. a younger, and then some other stuff. Can't do it. But it's very interesting. It's we, we can we'll, we'll get to some more specific questions about it tomorrow. Mean,
1: my goal, my entire goal, if I'm O'Connell and Kwesi, and this is very doable, is to find a young quarterback to pair with the Jefferson contract. Yeah. So, like, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to keep paying Kirk.
0: Yeah. That's the funny thing. People always ask, well, have you checked with Justin Jefferson when it comes to, you know, life after Kirk? What if he gets mad? Okay, well, Kirk's 35. Right. Jefferson's about to sign a contract that's going to take him through, like, the next six years. I if I'm Jefferson, I want to know who's my quarterback in three years from now.
1: I'd like to know. Well, and I I get so tired. And look, it is very special that in this town right now, we have what I consider to be three star players: Ant, Kirill Kaprizov, and Jefferson. Twins, I don't know anymore. Well, but you Buc- know
0: Buxton for about half the games. Yeah,
1: but I am so tired of hearing. Well, what's Kirill going to feel like if you don't if you don't take advantage of the season? Now, number one, Ryan Hartman is his center, and number two, I'm trying to build the best team possible to win a Stanley Cup with him. Yeah, like, do you think that Jefferson is content with? Well, I had Kirkin. We lost a first round playoff game. Yeah, he looks at Joe Burrow. He wants that. He wants to be. He wants to play with a star. I mean, Justin Jefferson seems like a really good kid. So he's never going to rip Kirkin, nor should yeah. he. But, you know, know, this whole thing of, well, what if he's with the wrong quarterback?
0: I think this is actually more of a – because you do need to – it would be nice to not have to, like, upset that apple cart. So it's even more of a reason to draft the next quarterback to sit behind Kirk because then you get the assurance of, you know, Kirk's going to get the ball to Jefferson. And throughout that whole season, Jefferson will get to know the next quarterback behind the scenes, build a relationship with him, and feel like, okay, it's not just like a stranger coming in. Or, you, you know, you don't right. say goodbye to Kirk and then have a gap of a year or six months even in the offseason where you don't know who your next guy is going to be. That's a good point. Um, Robbie Bruzik chimes in here via the Score North app. Had an interesting ranking, not necessarily, you know, actually, I think we should say this for tomorrow. <laughs> this is, no, this is like a long. It
1: might be good enough to say for next week. In fact, it he, might be a show. He wants us to
0: rank the top five Minnesota sports killers, like Yankees. Oh, yeah. No, I can't do
1: That's that. That's a no. longer discussion. Yep, yep. I'm not being paid quite enough doing this show to do that
0: ranking. <laughs> uh, Joe Chrisman says, big fans of the show. Thank you, Joe. The Vikings establishing the culture is bigger than most are saying. Blowing it up would be nice, but if we were 4-13, and would people be able to get behind this team? I think you prove by playing GM that the Vikings are on the right track. We have an elite offense. While we, nah, it's the eighth best scoring offense. Yep. There's another step to be an elite offense. I hear you. I think you prove by playing GM. Uh, sorry, uh, we can rebuild the defense and be competitive. I preach the gospel of Mackie and Judd. Thanks for all that you do. Yes, Joe. Thank you for preaching yep. the gospel.
1: Yeah, <laughs> take it. Go forth, of Mackie and Go Judd. Go forth and celebrate. Yeah, Mackie and Judd.
0: Um, I, this is. I do agree with the general point though that you have to be careful. There is value in the guys in that locker room experienced a 13-win season and all of the feel-good that goes into the post-game vibe and speeches, everything. Yes. You want to keep that going while you retool this thing. And it's a delicate dance. You don't want to, like, strip it down to the studs, and now you're a four-win team and you've lost all that feeling, and now you're going into year three. So how do you strike that balance while also dealing with the third-worst cap situation, knowing that you have to say goodbye to – Certain players, it's a hard position. The next, basically, the next month for the Vikings.
1: I think you keep guys that you deem can still play. Harrison Smith. I mean, Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks couldn't run. Okay. Yeah. Can't do that. Thielen wants to still be the two, and he's clearly a three or four. Tired of that. So, like, I think, I think what you do too is, and what you have to remember because every year is different. Yep. If I bring back Thielen and he's like, I think I'm still a two, and you're like, No, dude, unfortunately, you're not and now I don't play him as much, guess who's not happy? Yep. And I'm going to tell you right now, there aren't many people out there who are professional athletes with the pride that they have who are like, I'm going to be just a great locker room guy, and I was once a really good player. Yep. It's hard for them to swallow. So, again, this is an evolving process. Um, I do think the 2022 team did a very good job, though, of moving on from what I thought was a lot of, uh, of toxic culture in 2020 and 21.
0: Yep. All right, let's do uh, let's do one more here. This purple daily town hall at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Good fun. McFly, Marty McFly 74 on YouTube. <laughs> it's a great handle. It says, "Why
1: does Judd wear a Mets hat?" Oh. Why do you wear a Mets that hat? That question again. It's not because I'm a <laughs> Mets fan. I wasn't a fan when they stunk, and I'm not not a fan now that the expectation is World Series or bust. It's an ode to Oscar Madison, the slob from The Odd Couple, who, if you go back and watch the stage play or Jack Klugman playing him uh, in the TV show, wore a Mets hat. Okay. Sports writer. Okay. Klugman's character, Oscar, was supposedly a uh, sports writer, and that's why I wear a Mets hat. Okay. The more you know, kids, that's why Judd wears a Mets hat. I don't wear a Mets hat because I like them, Mm -hmm. which I've been asked before. You should maybe consider,
0: if the Twins get off to a slow start, I would... uh I would maybe bail on that bandwagon and go follow the team that has all the best pitchers in the last ten years. Yeah, don't they have like Verlander, Scherzer, yeah, this season? Just yes. a ridiculous. Degrom, DeGrom
1: staff. left for Texas, and I know you're gonna be shocked by this. as hurt already. Yeah, yeah, he's. But yes, they are. They have a very geriatric pitching staff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate you guys listening to this little bonus. Purple Daily Town Hall episode here from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, and uh, again, if you're interested in coming on down this weekend, it's a fun event. If you're a golf nerd like me or Declan, for instance, this is just a nice little window into the winter here as you as you plan your uh, your golf excursions throughout the rest of the year. And we're yes. going to be here on Saturday as well at two o'clock Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. We'll hang out, take more of your Vikings questions either via email or in person. Drink some adult beverages. By the way, this McShanks here, they're calling it it? uh, Doogie McShanks Refreshing Swing Oil. Yeah. This is incredible. This would be. Doogie's got a side business. A fantastic potential partner on Purple Daily. I was going to say. It's great.
1: (laughs) Phil here on my
0: fourth (laughs) McShanks. Who wants to talk some Vikings? You guys want to talk some football? Okay. MinnesotaGolfShow.com. MinnesotaGolfShow.com. The Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Um, Thanks for hanging out with us here. Appreciate you guys listening. Please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word about this Vikings fan community that you are all helping us build. On to the 19th hole.